The scripture reading this evening is from John chapter 15. The Gospel of John chapter 15, the first 17 verses, and it's verses 14 through 17, that's the text. The theme of my sermon is what a friend we have in Jesus. And we're going to notice three things. First of all, the initiation of that friendship the proof of that friendship, and then the fruit of that friendship. Listen as I read from John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are, are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. So far, the reading of God's holy word. Before we open this beautiful portion of scripture, let us seek his guidance in prayer. Our Father in heaven, as we look at this beautiful truth that Jesus communicates to us, when he says, you are my friends, oh Lord, what an awesome truth that is. And this Lord's Supper is the friendship meal that we can partake of because Jesus invites us to do so. In fact, commands us to do so. 
Lord, bless us this evening, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear friends, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, friendship is a wonderful thing. We all need friends. And the wonderful thing of this passage is, is that Jesus said, you are my friends. That is an incredible truth. That he calls us his friends. Friendship is a, is a necessary thing. In our friendship, you all have friends. Each of us have, has friends. What, what, what makes friendship? Well, friendship happens between those who are like-minded or who have similar interests or who have an attraction to each other. That's how friendship develops. And it's wonderful we have friends like that. But when Jesus says, you are my friends, and the friendship that he has established is really not like our kind of friendship. That he saw something really attractive in us, and that he needed us, and and that he really wants us to be his friends, because he... He, he, he thinks we've got so much to contribute to it. As a matter of fact, we don't have anything to contribute to it. That's why he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So the initiation of the friendship between Jesus and us the initiation is of it, the origin of it, the starting of it, is all on his side. Isaiah 53 prophesied it already, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. We did not seek his friendship. When Adam and Eve fell into sin in the Garden of Eden, they didn't seek after God. They hid from Him. They were afraid of God. They were ashamed of what they had done. So they didn't seek God at all. And neither do we, by nature. So when Jesus says, you are my friends, it's not because we initiated that friendship. It's not because we had so much desire in our heart that we we would be close to Him. That we could fellowship with Him. and And that we could have wonderful relationship together with Him. And that that's what we started. No, no, no. That's not the way it was at all. It's all of grace. 
And grace means it's undeserved. We don't deserve it. We are not worthy to to partake of the Lord's Supper. It's not because we've done so much. It's not because we are so good. And it's not because we are such nice people that Jesus says, of course I'm going to have you as my friends. That's not how it was. He came unto his own, and his own didn't even receive him. And so the initiation of this friendship between Jesus and us is on his side. He is the initiator. He's the one that started it. And that's what grace is all about. You remember how we sing in this one of the songs that describes it. Tis not that I did choose thee, for, Lord, that could not be. This heart would still refuse thee, hadst thou not chosen me. Thou from the sin that stained me has cleansed and set me free. Of old thou hast ordained me that I should live for thee. So the initiation of the friendship between Jesus and us is on his side, and it, came, it go, goes all the way back to eternity. The Apostle Paul describes that in Ephesians chapter 1, when he says that God chose us in him, and is in Christ, before the foundation of the world. Not because we were holy and without blemish before him in love. No, no, no. No, he chose us that we may be holy and without blemish before him in love. And that makes all the difference. It's all on his side. That's what grace is. It's undeserved favor. So the, the initiation of, the, of, of, of that friendship is all on his side. And that's a marvelous thing. That God loved us so much that he, in spite of our sin, drew us to himself. As uh, the Apostle Paul again says in Romans 5, that in the midst of our sin, he loved us so much that he gave himself for us. That our sin was dealt with, that Jesus dealt with our sin. What an awesome and wonderful truth that is. As he said, For God shows his love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it's grace. It's wondrous grace. Wonderful, wonderful grace. So the initiation of the friendship between God and us is on his side. He initiated. And that's what John Newton was so convinced of when he wrote that song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. It was grace alone. So the initiation of this friendship is from his side. Jesus said, you did not choose me. We couldn't. 
We couldn't choose him. No, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I chose you and called you to be my friends. What an awesome truth that is. Now what's the proof of that friendship? What is the proof of that friendship? Well, the proof of the friendship is, first of all, that he gave his life for us. He says this, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. So the proof of the friendship is that he has given his life for us. That Jesus, like Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself and took upon himself the form of a servant. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself to death, even death on the cross. That's proof of his friendship. As he says in this beautiful text, greater love hath no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for us. His disciples were close to him, especially the three, James and John, Peter, James, and John, and the, and the others as well, not Judas. But when it came right down to it, when Jesus was arrested in the garden, they all fled. What kind of friendship was that? Remember how Jesus said, could you not even watch with me one hour? They disappointed him. There's no question about it. Jesus was disappointed with his, with his own followers. But even though he was disappointed with them that they left him, he still loved them. Remember how he said when uh, John writes that when they heard this, they all left? And then Jesus said to his disciples, are you going to leave too? And then Peter speaks out and said, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of everlasting life. What a beautiful, beautiful statement that was and how much that must have thrilled Jesus' heart. To hear Peter say, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. You're the answer to our deepest needs. So Jesus proved the friendship by giving his life on Calvary's cross for us. What an awesome truth that is, and what a wonderful, wonderful gospel. That's what love is. That's what grace is. That he gave himself for us. And the other, the second part of the proof is that he has revealed himself to us. He said in this beautiful text, he says, 
No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. So Jesus makes known to us. He gives us his revelation. That's a wonderful truth. Without that revelation from Jesus, we would be blind and ignorant and would not know who we are, why we're here, where we're going. We wouldn't know the meaning of life, and we wouldn't know the meaning of death, and we wouldn't know anything about heaven or hell. But he revealed it to us. We, he did not keep us in the dark. He said, a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but you know because you are my friends and I've made known to you all that the Father has made known to me. What a wonderful proof of friendship that is. You know, in our human friendship, there are things that you, that you tell your friends that you don't tell anybody else. You don't broadcast it out. Your friends are in on your, on your, on your intimate discussions and, and, and the secrets of your family. The good things and the bad things, your friends know them. Good friends. Well, that's what Jesus is saying here. A servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but you do because you are my friends and I've revealed to you everything that the Father has revealed to me. What an awesome thing that is. He tells us in his word everything we need to know. He tells us who he is. And he tells us who we are. And he tells us how much we need him and that without him we cannot live. And he gives us the answers. That revelation of himself. You know this whole Bible is his word. He said... In the New Testament, he says, You search the Scriptures, for you th believe in them as eternal life, but they are they that testify of me. And remember on the day of resurrection, the evening, he was walking to the little village of Emmaus and joined two others who were very sad, and he got into a conversation with them. And they didn't understand why the Christ had to suffer. That was so contrary to everything that they thought about the Messiah, that he would suffer. They thought he would deliver Israel from their enemies. And then Jesus opened their minds and told them what he was all about. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he described All that God had revealed through the prophets in the Old Testament concerning the Christ, how that he had to suffer, and through suffering come into his glory. The cross had to happen before the crown. 
That's all the revelation that Jesus gives, and that revelation, that knowledge, is so important for us. That makes sense of the Bible. The Bible makes sense when you hear it from the words of Jesus. I read the an a biographical sketch of Billy Graham. And one of his friends, early on in his, in his uh, studies, was a man by the name of Templeton. And at first he and Mr. Templeton, they had a lot of agreement on the Bible, on Christ, on, on the truth of the Word of God. And then Templeton went to a very liberal seminary. Billy Graham didn't. But Templeton did. And Templeton at that very liberal seminary lost his faith. He lost his confidence in the Bible. He no longer believed that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. He even questioned the resurrection and he questioned the miracles in the Bible. And he left the seminary, he went into business, became a very successful businessman, but he died an atheist. You see, if a person doesn't accept the Word of God, they're no longer standing on anything but, 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 but sinking sand. The Word of God is the solid rock upon which we stand. And Jesus, as our friend, who not only initiated that friendship, but he proved the friendship by giving his life for us. And when we sit around the Lord's table as the elders distribute the elements to you, the bread that you take is a picture and pledge of the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for you. He loved you so much that his body was torn apart for you and me. And, the, and, and that which we drink, the cup of blessing that we drink, is a picture and pledge of His blood that was shed for you and me. He loved us so much, all the way to death. As Jesus says in this beautiful passage, no greater friend than one who gives you His life for you. That's what Jesus did. You believe that? Is that your conviction tonight? Is that why you're here? That when you take that bread and take that cup, you are saying, Jesus, you are my friend too. I am so thankful that you took me to be your friend. So the source of the friendship, the initiation of the friendship is on his side. 
The proof is His death and His revelation. And what is the fruit of it? What is the fruit of that friendship? The fruit of the friendship is this. He says, Now, because you're my friend, because I'm your friend and you're my friend, you may ask whatever you will, and it will be done for you. Now that is an awesome thing. Because who was He? Who was the Lord? He is the maker of the heavens and the earth. He, he is the overflowing fountain of all good. There's nothing He cannot do. As Paul says at the end of Ephesians 3, he says, Now unto Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or imagine. The fruit of that friendship is, says, He says, Ask now. Ask whatever you wish. We're friends. And I'm not going to withhold anything from you. Ask what you wish and it will be done for you. That is really something. He gives us a blank check. Ask what you will and it will be done for you. That's amazing. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, Ask and it shall be given. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Seek and you will find. That's the kind of God He is. He is the most generous, wonderful Father and Son and Holy Spirit that there could ever be. He is overflowing in His mercy to us. Psalm 34 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Nothing does He withhold from us. So the friendship of Jesus, it's initiated by Him, it's proved by Him, and the fruit of it is ours. Ask it away, asking what you will. And a fruit of that friendship is also that we become more and more like Him. As Paul, as you know, Peter says, Paul says, Be ye holy as I am holy. We have to reflect the friendship of Jesus to one another. So he says, Love one another. Love one another. Do unto others as I have done unto you. That love which is characteristic of His relationship to us must characterize our relationship with one another. Love one another. John the Apostle was the only one of the disciples that did not die a martyr's death. John the Apostle died on the exi- in exile on the island of Patmos. He was the pastor of the Ephesian church. And before he left for the island of Patmos, he said goodbye to his congregation. And as he walked down the aisle to leave for exile, 
he turns to one side and the other side and he says, my little children, love one another. Love one another. This is the characteristic of the, of the child of God. The friendship that God initiated, that Christ initiated, must bear fruit in our relationships with one another. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Children, love your parents. Parents, love your children. Love is the fulfillment of the whole law. Oh, how we have to love one another. Remember how Paul describes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that great chapter on love. Love is gentle. Love is kind. Love does not seek its own. Love is not easily angered. Love does not keep record of wrongs. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable and resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. That is the most characteristic of Jesus' love for us and God's love for us. But it also must be reflective of our love for Him and for one another. That love. What an awesome truth that is. And as we gather around the table of the Lord now, it's Jesus saying to you and to me, I love you so much that I gave myself for you. You are my friends. You didn't choose me. I chose you. That you may go and bear fruit. And whatever you ask of my name, I will do it. There's nothing like being a friend of Jesus. Like we like to sing, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And everyone said, Amen. Lord, thank Thee for this word tonight. Bless us as we come to the table of the Lord, as we eat and as we drink, and as we do so in remembrance of the great sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless us, hear us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.